Hi everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Equip. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest speaker, an amazing teacher in the body of Christ. His name is Bennett Awame. Bennett, welcome and just share what you're going to be talking about today. Thank you, Sherry. And I'm so honored to be on the show today. Today, we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God, how that we are called into the kingdom and who we are in this glorious kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's going to be a great episode. Tune in. You're not going to want to miss this. And thanks for watching. Hi everybody, welcome to this episode on Equip TV. My name is Bennett Awume and I'm so excited to share God's word with you today. I'm going to be talking about some aspect of the kingdom of God, how that we are called into God's kingdom and who we are in this glorious kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So just stay tuned. Um, I know many of us, I believe, have read or have even heard people talk about the kingdom of God. and. I mean, you read certain scriptures and you're like, okay, what is the kingdom of God all about? You read scriptures like, the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You read scriptures, it says, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added. At some point, Jesus told the Pharisees, he says, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. What, what is the scripture talking about when it's referring to the kingdom of God? in so many ways i believe it's very important for us to know this because like i said earlier we've been called into the kingdom we are part of the kingdom we've called for the kingdom to do something in the kingdom so if we don't really grasp what this is about it limits our effectiveness in the kingdom um, some people have said the kingdom of god is the world and everything in it because god created it yes god created the world and everything in it and that's how great he is but we read in the book of Genesis that he put man in charge on the, on the earth and man blew it and the enemy took over. So the enemy is the God of this world as we see in scripture. So God created the world and everything in it, but the enemy is ruling now. So Jesus came to establish God's kingdom, to reinstate God's people in his kingdom here on earth. And God chose the concept of a kingdom to communicate and establish his will, his plans, and his purposes on earth. So it's, it's very important that we really understand what it means that we are called into the kingdom and that we are, we are part of the kingdom and who we actually are in this kingdom. Also, in the Old Testament, we read of several prophecies about the kingdom of God. It talks about the millennial rule of Christ. In, at the end times, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about how the kingdom of God applies to us today and how can we function effectively in the kingdom. Amen. Um, in Romans 8, 29 to 30, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to conform into the image of his son, so that he would be first and foremost um, so that he will be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. 
And this whom he called, he also justified. And this whom he justified, he also glorified. Isn't this exciting? He says, for those who he predestined, and, and who, who is he talking about here? That is you and I. He predestined all of us that will be conformed to his image, the image of his son. And I just want to say this here, that God wills that all of us come to the saving knowledge of, of his son, Jesus. All of us, he has not predestined anybody to go to hell. Those who reject him are the ones who are going to um, go to hell. But he predestined all of us to come to the saving knowledge of his son. And he says, we were called, called where? Called into his kingdom, and he justified us. Salvation was not an afterthought. God, God knew that man would blow, blow it up. So he made provision in his son to reconcile us to himself. He knew it. It did not take God by surprise. It's like, oh, you know, man has blown it. Now what do I do? Okay, let me send my son. No, God knew. It wasn't an afterthought. Amen. And we are justified in the kingdom. This kingdom I'm talking about is not any earthly kingdom. It is a holy kingdom. It's a righteous kingdom. So nothing that we have done in the past, nothing that we are doing now or will ever do can justify us or qualify us to be part of his kingdom. But through his son, we are part of the kingdom. Through his son, we are part of the kingdom. So God looks at me, Bennett, in the kingdom and he sees a saint. He sees a righteous person. How? Is it that I'm a perfect person? No, but he sees me through Christ. And that's how come I'm part of the kingdom. He looks at our host, Sherry, and he knows that Sherry is a saint. Is it because Sherry has never sinned before? No, but he sees Sherry through Christ. And that is how come we are part of the kingdom. And that's how come we need, we need to always give praise to God. Wake up in the morning and you know that it's not about anything that you did, but it's just by his grace. So you worship him. So you give him praise. Nobody should force you to do it. But you know that this kingdom that you are part of, you did not deserve it in the first place. But because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you are part of this kingdom. I've been talking about kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. What's, what's the kingdom? Kingdom is basically two words that have been put together. A king and a domain. We know what a king is, so I'm not going to talk about that. But a domain is an area of influence. So a king and his area of influence, that's a kingdom. A kingdom is a, the governing influence of a king over his domain or his territory. And here the king imparts his will, his plans, his purposes to produce a people or citizens who reflect his culture and his nature. So you hear probably your pastor or preacher somewhere talking about, you know, study God's word so you can be more like Jesus. Why? Because we are in his kingdom and in his kingdom we must reflect his nature and his culture. When people see you and I, they should see Christ. Because we are in his kingdom and in the kingdom there should be something that should show that you are part of the kingdom. And the main thing is love. That, that is a different sermon on its own. I'm not going to go there too much. But in any kingdom all over the world, I know in, in this part of the world, North America, we don't see too much of the kingdom systems. But in certain areas, there are still kings. There are still queens. And there you see that in various cultures, they, the, the dresses that they even wear shows that this person is from this kingdom. The food they eat shows where they are coming from. It shows that, well, this person is part of this kingdom. This person is part of that kingdom. And that is the kind of kingdom we are in. So what shows that you are in the kingdom of God? 
What shows that you're in the kingdom of God? We need to reflect the nature. We need to reflect the culture of our king, of our Lord, who is Jesus. In Luke 17, 20 to 21, Jesus being asked by the Pharisees, and I was talking about this scripture earlier on, he was being asked by the Pharisees, when is the kingdom of God coming? And he answered them saying, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to, to be observed, nor will they say, look, it is here or it is there. He says, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. What was Jesus talking about? He was talking about himself. He came to bring the kingdom of God. He came to establish God's kingdom on the earth. And now, we as believers, what is our role? Where is our part in the kingdom? We are part of it. Jesus is the head. We are part of him. We are part of the kingdom. We are the kingdom of God. Jesus did not come to bring a religion or establish a religion. He came to establish God's kingdom on earth. I said earlier on, the enemy is ruling in this world. And God, but God has brought together a remnant who will stand for him. And as people who are part of the kingdom of God, we are supposed to build and expand this kingdom that we are part of. The only people who will not be part of this kingdom are those who reject God. Are those who do not open their hearts to him. So if you are listening to me today and you've not given your life to Jesus, the only way you can be a part of this kingdom is by saying yes to Jesus. It's not by any work. It's not by anything. It's not about your wealth. It's not about your good morals. It's just by saying yes to Jesus. It's just by saying yes to Jesus. Who are we in this kingdom? We are sons and daughters of a king. I'm so excited when I say this to people. I'm a son of a king. Do you know what that means? Here in Canada, if I say I'm the son of the prime minister, that alone opens certain doors to me. I don't need to fight for certain things because if I come in and say the prime minister says I should do this, it opens certain doors to me. And we are sons and daughters of a king in this kingdom. That should excite you. That should excite you. I believe there are so many believers who spend so many hours praying about things that we should not even pray about. We should just take it because we are sons and daughters. We should just take it. We should just take it. We are not who we used to be. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When I gave my life to Christ, did I change? My skin color did not change. My Nothing about me changed, but something changed inside. You know, I remember when I gave my life to Christ. You know, before then, I used to have this, you know, friends that I hung out with. So after I gave my life to Jesus and I started getting deeper with him, I don't remember what specifically we were talking about, but I was telling my friend that, you know, I cannot do those things I used to do. And I, I told him that, you know, I'm a new creation in Christ. And guess what? They started mocking. And they, they, they nicknamed me as new creation. So they see me, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy who says he's a new creation. And they say all these kind of things. But I was not moved by it. Because I knew whom I had believed in. I knew that I'm part of a kingdom that is glorious. I knew that I'm now a son of a king. I knew who I was. I knew who I was. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 5.16, it says, For know no man by the flesh, 
What does it mean? You might know a friend who, who, used, who used to be a womanizer, who used to be an alcoholic, but now that person is in Christ. So you don't look at the person's flesh and judge the person. No, that person is a new creation in Christ. That person is made anew. That person's sins are gone and forgotten. Why? Because that person has been called into that glorious kingdom. In that kingdom that is full of righteousness, that is full of holiness, that is full of peace, that is full of joy. That is what we enjoy. First Peter 2.9 It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous night. Marvelous lights. We are kings and we are priests in this kingdom. The enemy took over and we lost our position. But Jesus came to reinstate us to our rightful position. In the Old Testament, we could not go before God. The priest had to go before God because we are not worthy. But the Bible says that when Jesus was hanged on the cross, when he was crucified, the veil was torn. And now we have access. We have access. The Bible says that go boldly before the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy. Now we have access to the king. We have access to the king and the kingdom. And we are kings and we are priests. We are co-heirs with Christ in the kingdom. We are co-heirs with Christ. And, and this, this is under very exciting scripture. So does it mean everything that Jesus had access to Everything that Jesus owns, I also own. That is exactly what it means. We are co-heirs with Christ. Every power, every authority that Jesus worked with, that Jesus had access to, I also have access to it. And you have access to it as well. Isn't this exciting? Jesus healed the sick. He raised the dead. And you have that same power. You just have to tap into it. We have that power in the kingdom. Yes, a lot of believers are living way below our means. We are being tormented by the enemy. We are being thrown to and fro. But we have that power that Jesus had. We have that power. We have that authority. We are in the kingdom. We are sons and daughters. We are co-heirs. Romans 8, 14 to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Now, if we are, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if we, indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 6. Verse 6 to 7, it says, God has sent forth his spirit into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. If you are a son, then you are an heir of God through Christ. That is who we are in him. We have access to every blessing in Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there is a very important thing, and very interesting, actually, that happened. So right from the beginning, there was... This strife and contention there. Some people were saying, I'm for Paul. Some say, I'm for Apollos. And all this contention was going there. But this issue was addressed in, in the latter part of the scripture. In 
1 Corinthians 3, 18 to 23. It says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone amongst you seems to be wise in his age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Hallelujah. It says, let no one boast in men. And like I was saying before, they were saying, some were saying, I'm for Paul. Some were saying, I'm for Apollos and all that. But it says, don't boast in any man. It says, for all things are yours. All things are yours in the kingdom. It says, whether Apollos, whether Paul, whether Cephas, whether the world or life or death, or things present or things to come, all things are yours. What was he saying here? That all their ministries and everything in the kingdom is given for their benefits. You see, it doesn't matter if I'm the first person preaching to you or I'm the, I'm the hundredth person. All our ministries is given for your benefit. It's given for your benefit. All things are yours. It's not about me. It's not about the person. All things are yours. Our ministries are given for your good. They are given for your good. All things are yours. The healing is for you. The joy, the peace, the love, restoration in Christ is yours. So just take a hold of it. It's all there for the taking. It's all part of the kingdom. The healing is for you. Just take a hold of it. I, I believe, and I, I strongly feel there's somebody listening to me here. You are a believer. But, but all you need to do is just have faith to lay hold of that healing. You've been struggling for long, but you just need to take a hold of it. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. And you just need to take a hold of it. You see, I believe that the church, we need some crazy believers. We need people who will take God by his word. We need people who will say, you know, God, you have said it. I believe it and I'm standing on your word. We need people like the Hebrew boys who when they were thrown in the furnace, they said that even if our God does not save us, we will not bow to your God. We need people who will stand and say, God, I believe your report. You know, the doctors say, you know, this and this and that. But God, I believe your report. And thank God for medical doctors. But you know what? Their power is limited. Their knowledge is limited. But God's knowledge is unlimited. He has all power. He is the healer. So take a hold of his word. Believe his report. Believe his word. That is yours in the kingdom. That is yours in the kingdom. I remember years ago, I used to fall sick a lot. I used to fall sick a lot. That is before I, you know, became serious about God and the things of God. But then I got to know about healing and divine healing and his power. And I, I, I grasped the scripture that said, by his stripes I'm healed. And guess what? I just laid hold on it. Every day I confessed it. Every day I prayed it. And guess what? There was a turnaround. There was a turnaround. I stopped falling sick often. Get, and and why, why was that? Just because I gained knowledge and my faith was in God's word. Because I had access to it. Because it was part of the kingdom. Part of who I am in the kingdom. We have authority in the finished work of Christ. All this I'm talking about, it is because we are part of the kingdom. And it's because it's in the name of Jesus. Not in my name. Not because I did anything, but in the name of Jesus. Because of his finished work on the cross for us. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 
We need to use that authority and power we have in the kingdom of God here on earth. The enemy has dominated, but we have power to turn things around. You have power to pray for that loved one to be sick. You have power to pray for that loved one to be saved and join you in the kingdom of God. Freely have you received, freely you give. You've been called to establish God, God's kingdom here on earth. Don't expect the world to do it for you. And you know what? Don't expect them to be nice to you because you are fighting against them. The enemy is ruling in their hearts. They'll ridicule you. They'll mock you. They'll hate you. They'll come at you. But just go in God's power. Go in God's power. The kingdom needs you. The kingdom needs you. You have power. So you don't have to be scared. The Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Receive boldness right now just to do what God has called you to do. To establish God's kingdom. Amen. And the last thing I'm going to talk about right now is that we are ambassadors of the kingdom. That's another thing that excites me. I know you are probably, say, you are probably saying that everything excites me. It, it is God's word, so it excites me. It is God's word. It's not man's word, so it excites me. And God's word, God's word is above everything. It has all power, so it excites me. We are ambassadors. Who is an ambassador? An ambassador is somebody who represents maybe a nation, a kingdom, somewhere else. So the ambassador of Canada to Iran is somebody representing Canada in Iran. Protects the citizens of Canada in that country and also proclaims the good news about Canada in that country. So looking for you know, invest, investment opportunities, investors, and you know, all stuff like that. And we are ambassadors of the kingdom. So what is our role here? Our role here is to help one another first of all in the kingdom. That is why I'm here sitting in Saskatoon, Canada. But if I hear that a believer is suffering in the States, in Texas, I pray for that person. I pray for that person because we are brothers and sisters in the kingdom. And I've not been called just for myself, just to sit and enjoy all the things I was talking about. No, but we've also been called to support one another. We've been called to support one another. And another thing that I'm supposed to do is to establish God's kingdom here on earth. All of us are not called to be preachers, I understand that. But we are called to do different things to establish God's kingdom. In 2 Corinthians 5, um, from the verse 17 um, to 18, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus is not here anymore, but that ministry of reconciliation has been given to us. What Jesus was doing before he left the earth has now been given to us. The ministry has been committed to us. It is now our role, it is now our responsibility to establish God's kingdom here on earth. Nobody's excluded. Don't leave this for the preacher. Yes, you sing. It, you are part of it. You probably do nothing in the kingdom of God now, but I'm here to tell you that God is calling you to do something in the kingdom. In the scripture that I read in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. It did not end there. It says that you may proclaim the praise of he who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has made us all this in Christ. But he says, no, 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 that's not the end, Bennett. Yes, enjoy all these things in Christ. The healings and everything, the joy, the peace. Enjoy it all. 
But that is not the end. It says now proclaim. Proclaim it to those who are in darkness. Proclaim it. You are an ambassador for Christ. Proclaim it. That is what I've been called to do. It is not enough to be saved. It is not enough to be saved. We've been called for the kingdom. We've been called. We have a responsibility. We have a role to play. The world is getting darker and darker and darker. What are you doing about it? You, you're probably saying that you cannot save the world. Yes, you probably cannot, but you can save one person. You can do something in your own small niche. You've been called for the kingdom. You've been called for the kingdom. In Acts 1, 6 to 8, Acts chapter 1, 6 to 8, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, that they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, when will you restore the kingdom to Israel? They wanted to know, you know, when is all this thing coming to an end? When are you going to restore the kingdom of the kingdom to Israel. And this is what Jesus sent, said to them. He says, It is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. You see, for me, I, I usually just ignore people who come and say, Well, the world is ending next two months or in ten years. And it doesn't matter. It's not for you to know. What, what is... What you should know right now is what you are called to do and do it. If Jesus is coming tomorrow, he's coming next year, that is none of your business. You are called for the kingdom. Have you finished what you are supposed to do? He said, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And it continues, this is the verse 7, and it continues with this scripture I believe most of us know. It says, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So just look at the sequence of events. Events They came and they said, when are you going to restore everything to Israel? And he said, you know, this is not for you to know. But what you guys need right now is power to be my witnesses. What you guys need right now is power to be my witnesses. I believe what you and I need right now is power to be ambassadors for God. We've been called for the kingdom. And the Bible here is saying that that power comes through the Holy Spirit. That power comes through the Holy Spirit. You know, if you've, been, if you've received Jesus Christ and you've not, been, you've not received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm not going to do that right now, but I just want you to talk to your pastor or just connect on Equip Ministries. Just send us an email and we'll send you some very interesting um, a response and things that could help you to could help you get there because you need that power. You know, don't get me wrong. Without the influence of the Holy Spirit, if you receive Jesus all right, yes, you've, you've been reconciled to him, but here he's saying that you receive power to be my witnesses. If you are struggling with fear, to be ambassadors. I know a lot of believers who, because of fear, they cannot do what God is calling them to do. To do. All you need is that power that comes through the Holy Spirit. And I pray right now that even as you listen to me, you receive power. You receive power in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you for watching. Thank you.